Hello, and welcome to Metachemistry. This is episode 57. In tonight's episode, we will be discussing a new format, official, in Corvus Belly, random tournaments. That's right. Given their announcement oh, at the end of December that they are going to be setting up Interplanetario at, with a whole new structure where everyone who participates gets a, a, ra a, a random faction, a random army list, and a random mission to play. This is groundbreaking. I mean, this is a game changer. We have eight months to think about how to prep for this for those of us who are fortunate enough to go to that event. This is the pinnacle of our competitive life. And they have thrown a major curveball. So we need to get into this right now. Right now, tonight, we're going to break down the missions as a structure in the ITS format. Oh, wait a second. What's that? I'm, I'm getting in. Oh, it was December 28th when they announced this, the Day of Holy Innocence. Oh, they're in essence... April Fools? Oh. Well, shoot. I guess we have to figure out something else to talk about. But before we get into all of that, we want to take a moment to thank Mythic Games for sponsoring the podcast. Mo Games is an online supplier of all things Infinity. The part of its sponsorship of Metachemistry, Mo will be providing a discount code to its store. Available to all our patrons, as well as a $40 gift card that will be raffled off to our community once a month. Make sure to like our Facebook page. Join our Discord to ensure you're entered to win. What's better than games? Mo Games. Okay, so we got the whole cast on tonight before something that was just a complete lark, apparently. But since everyone's here, we might as well roll up our sleeves and see what we can come up with with this topic. Let's get into this. Our lineup tonight consists of Ian, Azoka, Devin, and myself. So let's start off with Ian checking in. What's going on, buddy? Um, Salt Lake Showdown's registration just went live and uh, got everything kind of organized and ready to go for that. Just waiting on the final approval to get the time off from work. Oh, dude. Because uh, unfortunately... Uh, they decided to have it on uh, Memorial Day weekend, and, uh, well, it always seems to be the case when uh, people that don't work service industry schedule things that uh, people that work service industry are going to go to, and they always put them on, for some weird reason, doubled up on holidays, like uh, the Denver Comic Con uh, that we have here every year is either on, like, Father's Day weekend or Fourth of July weekend, which is just, like, nightmarish if, you know, you work in... A restaurant or uh, you know any other kind of level of like service industry because it's like that's when people are off and they want to go do things and you're stuck at work so uh get a good chance oh, what a on bummer. i'm excited I, yeah. I i hope you get to go i don't know if i'm going to yeah. get to make it because like just family commitment stuff which not just service industry stuff just how about people with families on memorial day weekend yeah, I mean, their original plan was apparently Mother's Day weekend, and I think they got laughed out of town on that one. <laughs> yeah. Wonder why. Yeah. So like, they're trying to ruin every uh, middle-aged husband and father his chance at being an inner nerd ever again. Like, going away on his nerd yeah. vacations. Those, those are gone if, they, if he spoils it on that front. Yeah, I, I think I mean, Memorial Day, like, it'll be busy, but it'll be significantly less busy than Mother's Day weekend, so I got a, I got a solid chance. My boss has already said that, like, if I can come up with a foolproof plan for how to run my department while I'm not there, that, you know, she'll sign off on it. So, there's a solid chance here. <laughs> I hope I hope it happens. All right, Azoka, what's going on, dude? Dude, same thing. Salt Lake Showdown. I really do want to go to that. I'm going to, I'm going to try to fit it in so we have I've, i'm going to japan in april and i'm very excited but that's very expensive and uh, salt lake showdown coming up the month after i don't know if i can but i really want to i i don't want to miss it dude the hotels are kind of pricey this time too i went to australia right before 
um, Arizona Armageddon. And I was just like, oh, I just don't know if it's in the cards, man. <laughs> like, that was, I couldn't go because of it. So uh, I feel you, Azoka. Yeah, I'm going to try to make it happen because I really want to do it. And I want to see, you know, I've just been playing Vanilla Pano still, trying a bunch of different stuff, seeing what works. Really not vibing with, with it, but I'm not, I'm not going to put it away yet. So I'm hoping to bring it over there to Salt Lake Showdown. Good, good, good. And then Devin, you, uh, you were, were you surprised by Corvus Belly's announcement uh, in December about the, their new tournament structure? Did it catch you? Did it get you? <laughs> I always forget. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really make a lot of sense when it was like, okay, well, you get a random army and list upon arrival, effectively. Like, you, you can't play that. That doesn't even work. Like, hmm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they got me, man. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> this is like yeah. insanity. Because at first, when I when I first looked at it, I'm like, oh, okay. So you get uh, they like randomly generate a list. I'm like, well, that that sounds rough. Like you just bring your faction and just hope you have kind of everything and maybe some proxies depending on what you're bringing, so that you can fit everything in. And like that sounds kind of a pain. And then I saw it was like it's on arrival. Your army entirely. I'm like okay, never mind. That that doesn't see, that doesn't make sense anymore. I think part of what um, got us probably was the fact that locally here, um, we actually have a number of guys going to Oregon later on in the next month here. Um, February. In, yeah, in February to Je uh, Jeff Rossiter, who moved up to Oregon, is running. Um, a random tournament out of his storefront shift games and so a number of our guys are going up for that and they're actually kind of prepping for it and they've got they've, they submitted what faction they're going to play and then jeff provided them the list that was randomly gener generated on like an app um some piece of so software and that's the, the list that they have to run for these uh, missions and so I mean, with that in the forefront of your mind, then hearing Corvus Belly mm -hmm. talk like that, you're just like, what is in the water right yeah, now? Like, pretty much. What is going on? So, yeah, it definitely helped the plausibility when those were lining up together. And without reading it super closely, because, you know, it's the age of skimming. Yeah, totally. So, anyway, <laughs> it actually it actually provides us an opportunity to like actually think outside the box when it comes to ITS play, and it might be good to kick around with you guys. Not just how to how we're um, thinking about the upcoming regional tournaments that we want to go to, but what do you guys think about the whole concept of a randomized tournament? Like when you heard about Jeff's tournament. Any of you, were any of you interested in it? Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't that interested. Like, I... Yeah. Oh, you... <laughs> me and Chris. <laughs> I just... It, it was a little off-putting for me, too, to be honest. Okay. But... Oh, I, I was all in until the date was released, and I'm going to be in Florida on the exact opposite corner of the country during <laughs> that time. So... Oh man, we do have some people going from our meta though who are really excited. Yeah. A bunch of folks, um, quite a few, and certainly like the guys that don't take. Most of them are the guys that don't take everything too seriously. Like they're not. Yeah. It's, they've they've built these deep friendships across the states um, with folks in our our meta, our larger meta, and I think that this is just like. An opportunity to go be with some bros, you know, and hang out. Mm -hmm. they, they're not, um, they're not wondering about how this is going to affect their their rankings. Yeah, yeah. I know for me, internationally, the idea of it was appealing on two levels, and one was the the fun factor of you're playing with a random list, not putting something together, not having like something I can optimize and just seeing what I can do with it. You know, seeing if I get something interesting or something garbage that 
I can really, you know, push my my play level um, to see what I, what I can pull off with it. The other side of it was that Jeff runs really good events, and regardless of anything else, it's I've always had a good time an event oh, that yeah. Jeff has run, and it's so those two factors made me super interested. It was just the unfortunate timing that it conflicts with other things in my life. <laughs> yeah. I think it does prevent or present a decent competitive edge. Like, can you make this work? But I mean, at first I was just like, what if I roll up a random list? That's just garbage. And then I have to play someone who just pulled, you know, pulled amazing. It's like a sealed draft or a sealed game for magic. Uh, you just sometimes your pulls are incredible. Sometimes they're not. You know, your hand wasn't able to deal with them. But the you, more I think about it, use that uh, as an analogy. Um, so, it first explain the a sealed draft for people. So, who don't. the sealed drafts for Magic: The Gathering. So, when a when a new set comes out is usually when you're going to see this happening. Everybody's all super excited about the new cards that are out because you know uh, maybe the story's advancing. Maybe they're introducing some new mechanics. You get to see cool art and, you know, just everybody's everybody's all excited about it. And then you oh, the way that the sealed drafts or the sealed events work is you open up a, a set amount of packs and then you just build a deck out of what you got sometime. And each of the magic packs contains a rare or mythic rare and then three uncommons. And uh, the rest of them are just common cards. So you try to build this deck out of garbage most of the time whereas normally like like an in infinity where you can construct your list knowing knowing what you have access to and everything normally that's what you could do with magic depending on the uh type of magic that you're playing so this is i've played in a couple of sealed events where i've pulled amazingly and my opponents just couldn't win there was just i mean the way that i've that it shaked out. I just had too many big bomb cards that that they just couldn't deal with. Yeah, there's um, a randomization that happens that makes for both exciting, potentially entertaining um, possibilities, but it can also skew pretty pretty bad. Also, I think it reminds me. You guys know I dabble with Hearthstone. Similar when a new um, a new set comes out um, those first few days, first week or so, that's the really interesting novel period of time because everyone's trying new stuff. And you, there, um, the meta isn't established yet. It isn't set. And so that you get some of the most zany, crazy, like who, who could predict what was going to happen on that yeah. front? That's what, what I love about it too. What I, what I, and then of course, over time, the meta solidifies and you refine and dial in decks and that sort of thing. I know for me, I tend to like to play stuff that's off meta just because I don't want to go along with the, the crowd. But um, I think what I'm intrigued about what Ian was saying is it, it's not unlike one of these food shows where you bring on chefs and they're given a random assortment of like, you know, like top chef or something like that, where they're given a random assortment of ingredients and then they're set. And then here are your parameters. What go, what can you make? And then they're graded or evaluated on their abilities to their, their culinary skills and their creativity. And something like what Jeff's putting together yeah, I, I can see your point, Ian, that it kind of, it really pulls us away from um, that hyper-refined approach and more like the old school, it's not your list, it's you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I mean, to kind of continue the, the magic analogy, it's something that has come up before but the the spike type of player or the player who is driven by the competition and improving and proving their skill uh, those tend to be players that dislike randomness 
because randomness doesn't show how well you can do something. Uh, it's random. It's the result that it is, which is not necessarily influenced by your ability, which is, you know, kind of the heart of competition is, you know, can I, uh, can I outperform the other player? Uh, so, yeah, so it's one of those things that I think for people that tend to play at high levels, I think that's something that becomes less appealing uh, because it's not, you don't really feel like it's you doing it to an extent. I think that it's a really interesting space to explore. Uh, but obviously it's not something that would be considered like a, you know, a high level competitive event. This is, this wouldn't be a satellite event type thing where you're going to be getting uh, an invitation to interplanetaria, which is also not doing random lists turns out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I mean that, I think that's an astute observation, Devin. It's probably why Azoka and I were like, eh, not, not my jam. Um, because we're, but, go ahead, Azoka. I think that like, okay. Why do we travel for these things? I mean, for myself, because it's a lot of fun and I want to play competitively. Right. And I think that like the, the top, like the most drive for people, most of our infinity players to go and travel to these tournaments is the fun of it. Right. It's the fun and seeing friends and seeing friends. And that's exactly what the Salem show is. Yeah. And I, so like my, like hats off for making that what you wanted to do with it. It's like, if I didn't have all of my travel lined up, I did consider doing it because it would be fun. It would be exactly what the name is. Yeah, totally. I think it's interesting too, that Ian was the one most prone to like wanting to do it. And of all everyone on our podcast here, I feel like Ian's the one who likes to play off meta the mm -hmm. most loves to like, like find out quirky things. Sometimes will handicap himself. Like we'll, you know, he'll run, run 14 bikes. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> things like just weird, crazy stuff. So it like, I think over time, Ian, you've developed the mentality of like, I can take anything and win with it. Um, even foreign company. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. We shall. I've been doing pretty good. Oh yeah. We've got to get mm -hmm. into that sometime. <laughs> um, so what's the place for something like this then, Devin? What, like, should more local tournaments be oh, there's some, we've got some other examples of stuff you guys want to talk through other randomized tournaments like stuff that's happened locally that we've experienced that we could share with people yeah um so the other side from doing random lists is doing random missions and there's been a few local tournaments uh over the years where we've done random missions uh, where you build your, your two lists and you come not knowing what missions you're going to play. And they're rolled up on the spot. Uh, sometimes even ex as extreme as uh, randomizing whether you're doing normal or hard mode classifieds. And uh, I played in one of these many years ago under N3. Uh, it was run by Shane, you know, before he defected and the trader moved to Indiana. Um Love you, Shane. But he uh, he ran. It was actually a lot of fun, and it was long enough ago. I don't even remember what I played. I don't remember what the missions were. It ended up being. Uh, I just remember it was actually a lot of fun because uh, you, like you said, you didn't know what the mission was, so you were kind of building and practicing uh, to be ready for anything. Uh, and we actually have another uh, tournament coming up in a few weeks uh, that uh, another one of our locals, Josh, is running. Uh, I think it's for his thirtieth birthday, so he's running a, a random. Uh, mission slate for that day, so it should be interesting. I'm so excited for it. I think I think random missions is the perfect way to do randomness and nice. Yeah, that's my jam too, for sure. So why do you like it? I know why I like it. Why do you like it, Azoka? So it, it it puts your list building to the ultimate test. The ultimate test: Can you handle anything? Exactly. And, like, and you get two lists, right? You can bring two lists mm -hmm. for it. So you can gear one towards murder. 
can gear one towards uh, specialists. And, or you can gear both of them to either of those and big table, open table, or closed table. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm into it too. Like, I love having to have a puzzle and like try to unlock it and see, see what I can bring to the table and then see what happens that, that day. So that's yeah. definitely more exciting to me for sure. Well, and I like it a lot because it's, it's different. Because normal ITS Infinity, you know your missions ahead of time. You're building your lists just to do these specific missions in whatever you know ratio that you decide to do. Uh, but having randomized missions does force a bit of the idea of um, bringing the all-comers list, which is something that is not super common in Infinity because of how ITS is normally structured. So it, it does have that different idea behind the list building, which is cool. I, I like I like different ways to play the game. I think it's interesting, uh, you know, whether we're doing random missions or random lists or whatever, I like the options and pushing myself to do well, kind of no matter what the format is in whatever new challenges are thrown my way because of it. Yeah, and I think the what's interesting about both of those options is that if you have an event that is random missions, you uh, your testing your creativity and your ability to create lists, and I think that 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 has a lot of uh, interest to it in my mind because you. It really shows off like what you prioritize when you build lists just as kind of an all-comers or general uh, event. Um, whereas if you have random lists, that is a test of your tactics and how well do you understand your fundamentals? How well uh, are you able to execute plays on the table? Uh, so they're very different challenges, and I think that they're both interesting in very different ways. Uh, I think that random missions kind of still gives you enough control to feel like you are the one who has agency over what's happening uh, because you get to decide to bring your tools. And so if you're in a situation where, you know, you know, I didn't bring any hackers and you know, we're playing, I don't know, Mindwipe. And yeah, they're like, okay, well, yeah, you might feel that. Not to say you can't do it, but you may find yourself having some additional difficulties and the like. Whereas if you're playing a uh, random list, uh, in some ways it's kind of easier to just blame the system, as it were, because, uh, well, I wasn't given the tool, so I'll see what else I can pull out of my hat to make this work because I don't get to bring what I might have brought. Yeah, I love that observation, Devin. Very astute. Like the difference between the random lists and the random missions is the difference between l tactics and strategy. Um, mm -hmm. There's a th there's a third component that exists in our ITS structure, and that's random events or random things that happen in the over the course of the game. And that's not just like the dice that gets rolled and, and whatnot, but also things like um, countermeasures. Cryogenics. Or, yeah, cryogenics. Like there are just a number of missions that have some randomization built in to the mission itself. Um, like highly classified, in, it's all about just what random card you pull <laughs> or set of yeah. cards you pull. Um, makes for some challenging tournaments sometimes, I know that, but in terms of, like, the actual game, there, there's nothing more than, like, the synergy that happens between the um, strategy and tactics for something like um, Highly Classified. Because you're have, having to both think through your uh, list and think through your tactics. And you don't have a lot of control over what that card get what card gets pulled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so 
that kind of brings, I suppose the whole conversation in a way, it kind of brings to mind, like, okay, well, to some extent, uh, randomness is the antithesis of competition. Uh, that's a very, very broad brush. And obviously, there's lots of randomness in the game as it stands. And you can play the game competitively, just like you can play uh, most of these games competitively, even though they have random elements. But it's kind of this sliding scale, this spectrum, right? Right, because it's also the spice of life. Exactly. Right, because if you have set outcomes, uh, I mean, that can also make for very competitive games because you it's more about the planning uh, as opposed to, you know, individual moves, I suppose. Uh, like any one move compared to the implementing the overall strategy. But... Do you see this as kind of a breakpoint? Let's say we had a random list. We'll take that as one example. If you get to pick your faction and you are given a random list, does that does that mean you are no longer playing the game competitively at that point? Or does it go further? And if so, how much further do you feel like it is before you kind of reach this breakpoint where it's like, okay, there's too many random elements that you're really just kind of dicing things out to see who comes out on top as opposed to actually pitting skill against skill. Good question. What do you guys think? Yeah. I don't know. That's tough because like when you add on top of that dice rolls and I don't know about you, but I've noticed myself amongst, you know, other people have a really hard time of separating dice rolls, whether they're like mm. average or uh, or obscene uh, and just like separating those from skill and gameplay. Like sometimes people will fail an armor save and just be like, ah, oh, this is, this is dumb. I should have passed that armor save. It's like, well, he had a 50, 50% chance and probably not. And the guy was rolling, you know, four dice against you. The odds of you surviving were really kind of small. Well, well, it, um, it it comes into a lot of like the the false perception that I should have passed this because I had you know I was rolling uh, my target number was a sixteen and my opponent's target number was a seven, discounting the reality that your opponent could roll a six and you could roll a one through five and lose or you could roll above a sixteen. Mm-hmm. You've you know your your job as the player is to mitigate your risk factor by having the the highest threshold or the widest threshold for success but it's still you know it gives you more possible chances of success but you can still roll outside of or your opponent could still roll within theirs higher than you like it's sure. that's it still is some random you're just increasing your success threshold potential yeah yeah and i think it's kind of- a lot of a lot of there's a lot of trouble when you've already set removed your agency from your list. And now mm-hmm. when you roll those dice and you don't have your true agency over that success, when you rolled a one and they rolled a six, then I think like, I don't know. <laughs> I think for me, I could probably get over it because what if I was going to going to Salem to do this, my mind would be checked out from competitiveness. I wouldn't like unless. Yeah. Even if I pulled something that was just busted or obscene, I just check out like, I cannot take this competitively, like seriously, personally, because it, I don't know, there's just, I couldn't do it. And like, if I was trying to take it too seriously, I think that's when my attitude goes down in that situation, if I fail, and I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Vivid Recall is definitely a big problem. (laughs) You you know, those, those outlier moments definitely stand out over... Yeah. The things that are happening, like yeah, you could be getting average rolls throughout most of the game, and then you fail. You, you know, you lose out on three, four face to face rolls, and all of a sudden, like, nope, nope, gotta burn these dice. Everything is lost. Or how many so, times I've rolled so have bad. I thrown smoke on nineteens and rolled twenty? <laughs> Right. Like, I can't even tell you how many times that that's happened. Like, unopposed, unopposed smoke roll on a 19. I roll a 20. Happens right. all the time. But okay, so because we, you expect it to happen, the times where it doesn't is what really stand out. And so, yeah, yeah it may be, it feels like a disproportionate amount of the time being 5%. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, over your last decade of or so of playing Infinity, have you made 95% of smoke rolls that were on 19s? Probably. Yeah. Yep. I just remember all of them where it was on a 20 <laughs> because exactly. that was the ones where it mattered because I specifically <laughs> threw it unopposed to make sure I would get it down, roll the 20. So mm-hmm. this is off topic, but uh, it, it's, it's on randomness, okay? So we've been playing Blood Bowl. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But my lord, is that thing random? And th- <laughs> so, like, you take percentages of this stuff happening, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so you're rolling three D6 dice, and one of the sides is a skull. Let's say that's a one. So you roll three of those dice, and you roll three ones. The odds of that happening are so minute, but it happens. And it's amazing. Like, it's helped me isolate my view of randomness in infinity because yeah, I'm just it's like, amazing until you roll a user reroll and then you roll the same result. Yeah. It's like, no, you weren't, <laughs> you were not going to make that roll. Got like the powers that be said, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where humans are very bad at probability. Because the gut feeling of probability doesn't feel like how you how it actually turns out. So like you see that you have a 70% chance of doing something. Let's say you're making that, you know, uh, you know, an unopposed whip roll on a console and I have a 70% chance of getting it. Well, I should get that. But that's still almost a third chance that you're not going to. Mm hmm. It's because the big number says that you're more likely to, that you're surprised when you don't. It's all psychology. It three times in a row. Uh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. A couple <laughs> of Krug- no, 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 literally. A couple of Krugs ago, we played Countermeasures, Hard Mode, mm-hmm. and I was playing uh, Mike Klein. It was just a joy to play with. Uh, this is actually probably, I think, my first game I ever played with him. And uh, he 10-0'd me at Hard Mode Countermeasures, okay? But I had an HVT and I had to get two whip rolls in a row or not in a row, but I had to succeed at two whip rolls. Uh, I can't remember what's classified that is, but I had to succeed at two whip rolls against the HVT and I failed. I'm rolling on a 13. I failed seven rolls in a row. Yep. So and, and I did, there was there was nothing I could like do. There was nothing else I could do on the map because I had been depleted so badly. This was my one chance to get a point, so I just kept spending orders. And it was just like, and nope, and nope. Yeah, let me spend another order because uh, this is my only chance to get a point. Nope. And I was just I was so annoyed yep. and demoralized. And the the difference ridiculous. between a 10-0 and a ten one. Yes, <laughs> all I wanted was my one point. Yeah. So to to circle back around to uh, my question, I feel like once you get to the point of randomized lists, uh, I don't think you can truly have what would be considered a competitive experience. Like, sure. I mean, obviously, we're playing a competitive game, right? Like you have two players go in, one player wins or you draw. Uh, But as far as being able to display your skill, it's not... There's still skill involved, and I think better players will tend to come out over uh, lesser skilled players to some degree. But there's just so much going on at that point that because you don't have any agency until you deploy your models effectively, like that's when your agency starts. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with random missions, you still get to decide the tools that you bring, and maybe you don't have all of the right tools. But that was still something that you're getting to pick. You still get to have synergies in your list that may not be there otherwise. Uh, so that's kind of a break point for me is I think random missions still can. Uh, once you get to random lists, I think that that is kind of lost. And like you couldn't actually have like a ranked ladder sort of game with random lists. Like that doesn't really feel like you're able to do that anymore once you get yeah. to that point in my mind. I, th- I think I, I agree with you. Like, if I were thinking of it in the abstract, would I want to, if I didn't know anybody at a tournament, would I want to invest time, money, travel, and go compete in a, in a random event like that? Probably not. 
incentive to go for me would be if I get to hang out with my buddies, right? Mm-hmm. But if if but if it's all all neutral, whereas would I want to go play Infinity if I didn't know anybody at a a prestigious event where I could compete? Um, kind of in a conventional sense, absolutely, I would. Um, so yeah, if you take out the the fun and the relationship piece, and you're just asking what it looks like to compete, uh, the the random list concept isn't my jam. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a break point. I think there are there are other games, uh, at least digital ones. I think uh, many MOBAs, for example, uh, multiplayer online battle arenas, a lot of those will have a mode where you are randomly given a character. Uh, but I don't believe that those have any sort of ranked play. But um, I know that's it's kind of your fun. real house, Azoka. So, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. But. No, you're 100% correct. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that you need to be able to make choices before you start the game. I think that might be the most succinct way to put it. Uh, for me, uh, at least, Mm -hmm. is that you need agency before you start. Because, sure, you could know what the missions are ahead of time, but they don't really matter if you're not making your list anyway. Like They could just as well be random on the day, and it wouldn't make any difference to what you're doing because you didn't build your list. Uh, So I feel like that doesn't really play in there in the same way. And in fact, it's an extra layer of challenge for random missions with written player-written lists than the opposite. Uh, So if you were looking to add more randomness and knowing that this is likely a push to a more social event, but not entirely like, and not that social and competitive are opposite scales by any stretch of the imagination. I think everybody here knows that. Um, But if you were to write up rules for a random event, what would be kind of the ways that you would inject that beyond, I think we kind of all agree that random missions is a fun aspect to, to play with. Like that's an interesting lever to pull. But are there other ways that you feel like you could inject randomness uh, without reaching that breakpoint of feeling like this game cannot be played to exhibit player skill in the same way anymore? Random faction. You still get to pick your lists and everything, but random faction, maybe. Sure. That that's tough with a minis game, though, because you have to buy have stuff, stuff. <laughs> or otherwise procure things. Have a mm-hmm. somebody. Unless you have lend a, you. I don't know what your, your guys' problem is. Yeah, if you have an Ian in your meta, then you can just borrow from him. There you go. Um, you know, like I've mentioned, uh, we've done some randomization of uh, whether you're doing um, regular or hard mode classifieds. Um, that can have a little bit of a random challenge in there that you can still prepare for. Gross. Right. I'm prone towards the in-mission randomization. Like, if you can find mm-hmm. the ways to insert um, flexibility flexibility of th- thought in, in the mission as it's unfolding. Um, well, I mean, there's... There's been some some ideas like uh, some of like the twenty by twenty uh, alternate mission sets and things like that. Some people have come up with um, where, if I remember right, some of the missions have uh, the objectives change between turns. So there, there there's some stuff in mission design space that you know could could do things with that uh, to have some randomization. Um, I think. Currently, the most random ITS mission that we have is cryogenics. Um, yeah, probably so. Or yeah, countermeasures. Or countermeasures. Yeah, I was going to say one of those. Well, I, I would, I would say that highly classified is more random than countermeasures because countermeasures has the potential to see every classified, so you can build for every classified. But with highly classified, you have to build for every classified, and you're only going to see four. Right. Um, but with cryogenics, you know, just there's there's four cryopods and it's random which ones the guys are going to pop out of. And it's kind of a nightmare. And I've only played it once, but I, I don't like the mission. I reserve the right to change my mind about that if as I play it more or it gets changed. But my first impression was I did not like the mission very much. Fair yeah. enough. 
So let me ask you this, guys. So we're on the topic of like tactics and skill versus skill, right? And we we're all under the consensus that you, it's hard to find in a random setting. Do you think that a straight up mirror match, same list versus same list, is a good representation of a skill versus skill type game? I mean, play chess. I would say it can be, but it is not inherently going to be. And the reason I say that is because uh, you're not necessarily going to have the same level of familiarity as another player with the list or the faction or what tool. uh, You know, maybe you're talking about random lists, but both players get the same list. That's kind of funny, actually. Yes. (laughs) I kind of like that. If you have a ton of models, I guess. Didn't elaborate. (laughs) Um, just kind of a funny uh, extrapolation of the idea, but yeah, I think that it can be a straight skill contest to some extent, uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say that that is exclusively the case. I guess I'll put it. I got an idea for one. What if you had a tournament set up where you build a list and you bring it to a tournament? And then when you draw your opponent, you have to swap lists swap. and walls. So, like and, then, and then you That's play what your opponent brought, and they play what you brought. So you kind of know that earlier. So, so okay. you know. All right. We need a local tournament with this format. Let's do this. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some real, like really interesting ways that you would be building your own list right like i like would you want it to torpedo and suck or would you want it to have some really terrible like gaps to it maybe though another way of like keeping people honest is one of the five missions you play your own list but the other four you're playing your your opponent's list so, but I like the idea that if yeah. both players or everybody torpedoes their list and then everybody's playing with a crap <laughs> list yeah. and it still works and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, totally. You just you, you make the restrictment. You have to spend five plus Swick and yeah. and two ninety-five plus points. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I, I think, think there's a lot of potential in fun. these things. <laughs> but I don't know if I want to do it like at Interplanetario. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's no. definitely that, right? So yeah, I think that there are a lot of interesting ways to inject randomness uh, and have some really interesting results. And I think that it's practical too. Like it's not just completely off the wall, goofy types of things. Like these can actually be very interesting exercises uh, and kind of help deep an understanding of the game uh, by being able to separate from crutches that you have in list building. Like, you know, if I'm playing X faction, I always bring A, B, and C, and then the rest of my list. Well, maybe that's not an option for you in this case. Or, you know, if I see this mission, I'll always bring this model because it's so great at this mission, or whatever the case may be. So I think that there's definitely some some use out of these beyond, you know, the, the, it's not purely like a slapstick gimmick type of situation. I feel like um, a lot of what we've explored, the, the ones that really have merit, um, apart from the ones that are like already built into the structure, like certain missions, but some of these more avant-garde uh, tournament setups. It harkens back to one of our previous episodes where I talked about going wide and building your base. Dabbling in that kind of play, trying out different formats, all that kind of stuff, I feel like that can improve the breadth and scope of a player's skill base and make it so that there's potential to build higher over time. But the closer I would get to like a high competitive play, the less I'd want to have those components involved, I guess. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, because then, you know, that's the further away that you're drawing yourself from the ability to purely pit 
skill against skill. Mm-hmm. So. Good talk, guys. So yeah. let's, let's transition to our final thoughts. Uh, but before we do that, we want to remind you of our Patreon. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Not only does it help us out, but it grants you a number of benefits, including early access to content, the podcast that we're putting out, as well as uh, other um, ways that you can inform and shape what we're doing in terms of giving feedback and uh, choices of um, topics, etc. So any of the funds that you donate to us gets put right back into the podcast um, or equipment, another product design. Find a link to our Patreon page in the show notes as well as a link to our Discord channel. And speaking of Discord, come join our community. Super supportive. Everything involved with Infinity, not just competitive play. We'd be happy to have you part of the crew, kick around ideas with you. Love to hear your feedback on some of the themes that we talked about today, the role of randomness in ITS play. With that said, Devin, Azoka, Ian, what are your final thoughts? Let's start with Ian. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of this, the random stuff. Um, even though I said I don't really like cryogenics because it's random. But uh, generally, I like a lot of random stuff. I like the kind of weird options, the different challenge of being out of your comfort zone that it brings. Uh, I'm I'm the guy that, like, whenever we play board games and stuff, I'm like, where's all the expansions and all the options and all of the things, and let's fold them all into the same thing, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, I, I well, that's a very opposite approach to take from a competitive standpoint like we do with infinity i i think that there is a lot of potential there just in the the mindset of the player in you know learning flexibility and how to maximize your potential by taking or encountering things that you know you normally wouldn't um and this you know some of this randomness is uh, just a way to kind of force people out of their their rote comfort zones that we all tend to fall into in some form or another with our gaming. Great. How about you, Azoka? If you're a TO, kind of think of like some fun stuff that you can do with some, you know, any any bit of what we've talked about and then try it out. See how people see how your crew like it and then Come on over to our Discord and let us know how it goes. We'd love to see what sort of shenanigans can get get up to out there and what works and what doesn't. Or if you oh. have already. Or if you have already. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely be interested to hear that. How about you, Devin, file thoughts? Yeah, I think that it's a really interesting tool to create a sort of restriction in order to kind of breed more creative either list building or more creative play uh, or otherwise kind of think outside the box. I think it's very easy to kind of get into a situation where you're playing very comfortably, I guess we'll say, where you have strategies that you prefer to implement. You have units that you prefer to field. You have um, factions that you play almost exclusively or exclusively. Uh, and so I think that these can be interesting things to kind of force people out of their comfort zone a little bit. Uh, you know, you can go all the way and go completely silly with things and be like, okay, well, we're going to have random missions and we're going to have random lists and, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, I'm going to do something weird with the classifieds each mission. And, you know, you can kind of go full bore and hit it with everything you've got as far as that goes and just have kind of a nonsense sort of event, which you know, may have its own draw. Um, I don't know how if that's something I would necessarily want to do in all honesty, but, you know, I'm sure some people would enjoy that. But I think using in limited doses to try and elicit certain 
tactical or creative responses is very intriguing to me. And so on that note, I think that probably um, next month then maybe I'll run a local tournament utilizing uh, some portion of these ideas. Uh, My idea? we'll, it, maybe, yeah. I, I, I like the idea. The only thing that I would worry about is that some people are less comfortable with other people playing with their models. Yeah. So there is that to kind of navigate. Well, they and so, decide what models they're bringing. Oh, that's true. I'm like, yeah, here's, yeah, just here's my models. They're all proxies, and they're unassembled. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd ha- there'd have to be a little bit of structure around that. But yeah, I think that I'll I'll run a local event and I'll you know test a little bit of this and see. Hopefully for um, sometime in February, maybe March, depending, because uh, I still have the the league going on for now. So I might not have as much time to prep as I would like. But yeah, I think that there's some interesting exercises to be found. And so, yeah, if if you have other ideas, listeners, to uh, inject randomness in interesting ways, I would love to hear about that. I think that that could be really cool. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll try some of this out. And I'm going to going to do that. So be ready. Yeah. So for my final thought, it's. Uh, kind of plays a little bit off of Devin, your observation that there's this sliding scale. Um, we don't play chess. We've made analogies to um, this game of Infinity to the game of chess because there's some interesting creative like connections. But fundamentally, chess is there's just no randomness in it, zero, and there's no way to like instill randomness other than like breaking the rules by coming in swooping in taking things out and what doing crazy stuff um and we don't play chess because i think deep down inside we like a little of the chaos that that comes with infinity it, we like the dice the dice are a big part of what makes this thing fun so i do think you can push it too far but i think it is um we'd be remiss not to take Ian's encouragement to say, hey, how far can you push it before it's too far? Like, like there's, there's got to be a little bit more bandwidth for us to try out some fun things. And, and uh, so I take, I take that as a challenge, Ian. I'm going to think outside the box more, my friend. On that note, on behalf of Metachemistry, this has been Andrew. Azoka. Devin. And Ian. And that's the matter.